Seven, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. Wow. Oh, it's that time again. Uh, Paul Chandler's going to start this whole thing he does. It's called the Shylock Podcast. It's probably going to start any minute now. Anyway, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, sit back and relax. All I wanted was a pie. And then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? Boy, he's got all that shy is right. Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Excellent. 562 Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? Ah, I'm alright. So, uh, what's going on this episode? Well, uh, we've got Nick back again. Hello. Hi, Nick. Yes. Hello. Um, and we're going to be, we're going to be talking um, about, well... Discussing some random words again. We haven't done that for 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 a while, so we thought we'd do it again um, because we we recorded some last year that have only just got out. So it's kind of reminded me that actually I had some good feedback. So I think uh, uh, it's time to do another one. So yes, let's run that theme music, and when we come back, we'll have some random words for you. Okay, we are recording. <laughs> Darling, it's the Shy Life podcast. <laughs> You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, Paul. I'll go anywhere for potato. Delicious. Hello, Captain. How are you? You quite like a big fan, don't you? Paul? Go shy, Yeti. Oh, I hope he hasn't found out my secret. Think he has. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti Uncle John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life Podcast slowed down? I don't think so. It's all gooey and easy. Yum, 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 yum. Has anyone seen my hot sausage? <laughs> so, Nick, before we get started yes. with the random words, uh, you've been... Um, You've been digitising more lost and newly refound episodes, but we did a whole episode about that, it's, so we don't need to talk too much. No, but, okay. you're over, but you're over. We're recording I, at my parents, and we're yes, uh, always a, always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. And this is the now the sort of permanent home of all of Sutton Park, and um, I've um, uh, putting back or uh, reuniting the tapes with uh, with the other ones i have actually relo- i have located three more episodes mm. uh, so ni- everything from up to 99 is is completely f- in the can and just three three episodes from 99 and three episodes from 2000 which might amount to anything as small as two tapes mm. and that's it Basically, we are home and dry. Every single episode of Sutton Park digitalised. Um, yeah. Also, there's some when Sutton Park was sort of in its twilight. Uh, you were working on a great number of projects, uh, mm. film some film ones, and uh, you, I think you were kind of testing the form a bit and so seeing 
um, to try uh, sort of branching out. And there's we found a few more, including mm. Hack, which was something you do with Harry. Yeah. And um, that the, one, one thing I was delighted to find was the because um, uh, I was in skept- skeptic, which you you did, and I've been wondering what happened to that. We did a whole lot up, uh, in my parents' loft, and we have actually discovered that tape now. So. Uh, I was very pleased to see that. Now, Harry was very good because when we did uh, we did Hack, I think we filmed it down in Brighton. So it was a uh, we used to Harry and I used to go down to Brighton on occasion back in those days, and uh, you know um, I, I just think by, by the, all my all my friends sort of knew what the deal was hanging out with me. Really, yeah. you know, most people wouldn't would with the arm oh, going down to Brighton for a nice relaxing weekend, and I might do nothing. Whereas um, you know, I, we'd be going down to Brighton, and we'd be planning to go out to the. You know, you go down somewhere like that. You might yeah. want to go. Out, you're, you're kind of there for the evening, mm. the, for the for the nightlife, the the clubs and the pubs. But you don't. You've got you've got a gap in the early part of the day. So that's when we used to um, f- do the filming, um, and, and and it was something to something a, a quite cheap thing to do when we were away somewhere um, also beaches 2000 you've discovered a lot of um uh, uh, america uh, uh, material recorded mm. in america yeah. which is nice and mm. including the dear old twin towers just before they mm. exploded um but also i've i've brought with me because whilst now something the something park search is coming to an end i'm kind of making good yeah. some of the earlier recordings and um, now we've got a slightly more efficient way of doing it um, and things like old project like Time Slip which you did with yeah. with Danny and and, and so little bits like that and also one of my uh, an early cut of one of my films Rosie Lens which had a lot of material I think there was material missing from mm. various points and I, I'm, I'm you know although the DVD's long since been done it's been nice to have maybe another copy of the original cut because so I don't know whether because Andrew Candish did, the director did a cut and I did a cut um, and I there's material that got there's a whole tape that uh, was was accidentally thrown out by its director um, so there's a lot of material that's kind of Mm. It's, kind of, it's just nice to have mm. have another copy. Um, well, you know, along the way, we found quite a lot of things we didn't even know existed. Yeah. Whether it be on audio tape or videotape. Or, yeah. Uh, well, audio is just as exciting, really. When you, yeah. when you dis- yeah, we, I mean, one of the things I remember we found that I didn't remember at all was an earlier version of that time shift I did with Danny, but with my brother, uh, almost the identical plot line. But it was only on audio, and it was just on a ninety-minute tape or sixty-minute tape, yeah. um, go in the same in the same location over the woods, um, where we were supposed to have woken up, and it was you know, some 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 awful event had occurred, and we were yeah. kind of trying to. Um, it wasn't it wasn't exactly the same thing, but it was definitely what had inspired it because it was the same year as well. Just yeah. the same year. No, I, I I love discovering things, and I love being able to. Uh, update them and share, uh, get them shared with people. Um, well, I was also only looking for the first beaches, the original beaches tape, which was done in '91. I, I don't can't find a copy here, so I'm just wondering if there's, for some reason, there might be one. Um, 
don't, don't know how my brother copes. You know, he spent all his childhood being made to act in my <laughs> stuff for the last thirty years or whatever. Yeah. He's barely done any acting unless he's encountered yeah. me. I don't know, how do you? I, 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 how, how does he? How does he cope being just being a normal person? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, equally, I wish I'd. I'd you know, I've got a few sort of there's the pop pop songs I've got with seeing singing with my sister, but I would love to have had more material um, acting or because you know, we always used to do little plays and things like that. But it was more more it was in the seventies and we didn't really have a unless we thought to sort of switch the tape recorder on. We didn't, you know. But it was you know it was fun. I really I cherish what what I've got um, in terms of those recordings. Some. Some people just enjoy being normal, I think, unfortunately. Well, it Can't works, imagine anything worse myself. I, I, the older I get, more um, sort of panic-stricken I get that time is running out and, and you, you know, you, you've got... It's nice to have records of that. I, I also, all this sort of... Um, there's got, I've got recordings, parties and things I went to. I, I'm kind of... Uh, it, it probably doesn't mean much to anybody else, but... Um, it's useful. I know. I'd, I'd love love it. One day, if I, I was to say to somebody, you know, I've got a tipsy little party, and I'd go, oh right, can I have a copy? Of course you can. Yes, I'd love to. Um, but, um, I was saying, I was saying to somebody only recently, um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice having friends, but I can't help but prioritise the friends who do cre- who do creative things. Whether oh yeah, because. That's an extra bond you have, that, exactly. Um, and, and you know, it's it's not just meeting up for coffee and catching up, and then go, it's something that's lasting and could be listened. You know, I, well, I, I, I try and get everybody into my projects in some way. Just I like doing things. I like doing crazy things. I like kind of doing something that will kind of, as with these, um, kind of take it on, take it forward um whereas you know i i, I that's why I, whenever i i try and get a um a shy life contribution from my sister for you know once a year um because it's it's a lovely way of um preserving us all <laughs> yeah, and, and it also it's not just on a bit of t- on a bit of digital tape somewhere um, in, in the bottom of the computer, it's actually been used and put it's out. It's actually somewhere. put out there. It's on the cloud <coughs> and everything. With, with music and, you know, yeah. and edit, properly edited. And it's not just something that's been done for no real reason. There was a reason. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, you know, some people take a lot of persuading to do these things. I, I jump at the chance because. Um, some of the most fascinating people I, I know have told me they didn't want to do podcasting because they've got nothing to say. And I. I I know just from seeing what they get up to on their Facebook pages yeah. that they have far more exciting life, social lives than I do, and yet yeah. they don't think they don't think of themselves. And equally so, some of the most boring people I've ever heard talk are famous people. Yeah. Yeah, they might be in films and stuff, but their actual social lives, their actual social lives, aren't actually particularly exciting. I think after you've been to the hundredth party with a load of celebrities, it's probably no different than going for. For a party with anybody, really, no, I think. Exactly. Like, you know, just um, I think conversations are probably the same. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's a shame. I have tried to get people on who were, um, who, who refuse to believe that they have anything to say, but I know that they do. So, um, any, anyway, we should get on with our first random word. Um, I'm not sure if this is a good one to start with, but it it was when I logged onto the site, it was the first one that came up. Um, and our first random word is snuggle. Snuggle. Mm. Um, do you want to start? 
Yeah, I think when I th- when I thought of uh, um, I I I've I, when I thought when I thought of snuggle, I thought of of like teddy bears and how and how I've always sort of um, liked teddy bears um, and and soft toys, and I still have them to this this day, and um, and. and uh, yeah, the, the, to, to me, a soft, a, a, a teddy bear, or, um, or, or some such, is almost second only to a to a pet, um, in, in that, you know, uh, it, it, it provides a sort of um, a comfort, and and it's not like a pillow where you just you okay. can you can you can cuddle a pillow, but. Uh, um, you know, in my sillier moments, I've had silly conversations with, uh, with, with bears and soft toys, whatever you want to call them, um, and um, all in the name of art. All in the name of art. <laughs> but sometimes, I've I've said this to Harry recently that sometimes uh, I I have conversations with the characters from the podcast, um, and almost use it as a form of therapy. And, and and he he was quite fascinated because he thought it was a really interesting idea that you you might talk you might talk to you're basically talking to yourself but you're talking to yourself and with doing different characters. Mm. Um, I, I do that when I'm on my own, especially on mm. Wednesdays when Ali's um, not so much characters, but I mm. I imagine I'm being interviewed about sort of the, the acting I've done, the, yeah. the writing I've done. And I just natural way to myself as if I'm being interviewed. Um, but yeah, it's um, I don't mind. There's <laughs> no yeah. one here. I don't, I, I don't care. Um. Yeah, well, it's it, it's all a form of you know, giving yourself com- comfort or co- yeah. almost com- companionship when you haven't got anybody. To, you know. Although I, I must admit, I I do like. Um, I do like my Wednesdays at, at, um, at, on my own because Ali works on a Wednesday, but I'm, Wednesday's my day off from work, mm-hmm. and uh, I I, um, I do like I do like having that time on my own. I must admit. Of course, when I stay at your house, there's a big gorilla and uh, a big dog that I can snuggle with. <laughs> I think with it's, it's snug, snuggles, wasn't it? Yeah, snuggle. Right, yeah. two things come to mind. Um, one is Doctor Snuggles, the cartoon series, mm. of which Ali and I have a copy um, on DVD. Um, it was a cartoon series from the Netherlands um, about this sort of eccentric inventor who's got these animal friends and invents these wonderfully wacky creations. Douglas Adams actually wrote for it. Um, I do remember. It, but um, I remember it being on because I, I, I was, although I was probably a little bit too old for it when it came on, but I, uh, I, I kind of watched it anyway. I don't remember the, the theme music. When rewatching it on um, DVD, when Ali got box it, they are really rather good. There's a lot of inventive, fun stuff that is kind of, as you would say, kid old. Um, and a lot, and especially with the Douglas Adams one, it's of there's a very clever ideas which kind of cross into his imagination. Um, so yeah, Doctor Snuggles, um, more pertinent to the actual snuggly bit. Um, now this this might gross somebody out, some people out, but it's the way it was back then. Um, in the seven, well, the late sixties, early seventies, when I was still in nappies. Um, 
in those days you didn't really have disposable nappies. I don't, I don't know when they came in, but um, you had your nappy, and it was cleaned, and it was I, I had what was I think they're still knocking around somewhere, but Burko boilers, which is like a, um, a, a, a metal tub which we put with boiling water in it, and you would boil nappies and and clean them. And um, and when when the nappy there was when I think there was a couple of things where the nappy got just too too old and was retired or or more likely actually grew out of nappies, um, a few of them lived on and one of them at least it's, it's extraordinary to think about it became my kind of cuddle snuggle kind of Is it like I don't know whether, whether I called it a cuddly or a snuggly or something but it's something I used to take to bed as a comfort Linus in peanuts that's right absolutely a Linus with the, with all the flies and everything and he always used to have this cuddle blanket and I had a, I had this cuddle uh, well retired nappy um, which was you know obviously it had been boiled with an inch of his life it wasn't a remote piece of um, unpleasantness on, on it but um, a long handling it smelled gorgeous Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I used to for several. I, I don't know how many years, but I do remember having this thing that, uh, at, you know, that I used. To, I don't know what I did with it. I kind of did. I hold it. Did I, you know, it was because I was quite. You know, I, there was things on telly that used to disturb me. Some from the Hinchcliffe years and things like that. And um, I had this 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 comfort blanket for want of a better word. It wasn't really a blanket, <coughs> but just a little square of white. But um, yes, that's that's what I think of when I think of, of snuggles. That and I, I like snuggling on the on my chaise long these days, um, or snuggling up to Ali on, on the sofa on a Saturday night watching a film. I'm just looking at uh, our next. Uh, we're going to go for multiple random words, and you can pick. I was just multiple looking, choice because you yeah. can you can pick nouns and verbs and. Um, Pick some adjectives to see what. Uh, um, so pick one of these, or more than one if you want. Um, pretty, groovy, unusual, holistic, or special. Pretty, groovy, unusual, holistic, or special. Hmm. Definitely not doing holistic. I'm not even sure where to start with that one. No. Um, I. Well, like I'll pick you think. Uh, yeah. I think okay. um, I think gro- groovy reminds me of reminds me of the sixties, and I was very my fascination with the sixties when I was a child in the eighties. Um, I, I, I and I was very. I, I think I almost. Um, so I sort of got over it now, but I think uh-huh. I think for for. A while it was that later part of the sixties that was uh, the the groovy part, the 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 sort of um, summer of love, like sixty seven. That's right. Yeah, that, that kind of intri- interested me more when things started to get a bit more. Not not these people dancing in suits with uh, <laughs> terribly fifties carryover yeah. in the early the early part. Yeah, because you know, to the start to the start at the start the Beatles all looked identical, and but then as you go on that they all start to have their own individual. Um, sort of That's right. style. Say, say, like for example, the Doctor Who story, the War Machines, which is '66. Even the even the troublemaking thugs in the nightclub there, terribly well presented. <laughs> yeah. 
I remember, um, I remember years ago, and it is years ago, um, bringing up the subject that in a Doctor Who story, uh, is it the Three Doctors, mm. Joe uh, quotes... Oh, a Beatles song. A, a Beatles song. And we were all together, go, 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 yeah. it's from the walrus. Yeah, that's right. And I, I wasn't... And also, I think at the time I was like, like, oh, why is she? Why is she talking about a song that, that? Well, the thing is, those Doctor Who stories, even though they were made when they were in, in the early seventies, there's always that theory was were they actually set later than they were made, and, and I wasn't sure why. I mean, it was a ridiculous concern to have, considering I like the Beatles, <laughs> um, to, for there to be a, a character quoting the Beatles. Um, you know, you'd, you'd think if she if it was set in the seventies, she'd be quoting I don't know, um, uh, Foxy music or Bowie yeah. or or or. or um, uh, I, I, ne- or I never entirely bought into that thing that the six. I mean, they they it was something they re- the production team very much kept to themselves. But there's telltale signs that mm. it, it was a, it wasn't quite as it seemed. Because I mean, when they there's a scene in nineteen seventy one um, where they um, somebody asked for change in shillings mm. which kind of sets it pre-decimal well I love these things because even to the people who make the show it's just a show they're making and they've got they've got to make it that, that not every aspect of continuity is necessarily adhered to um, or it's contradicted when, when you get um, you don't have somebody necessarily with a show bible going you can't say that because that, that contradicts what we say Yes. Um, I mean, sometimes those sorts of those sorts of things give you ideas for how. Okay, I guess that I could see that how that could be a mistake. So I'll turn it into a into something that was deliberate, and I'll explain why, why we did it, even though at the time we didn't realise we were doing it. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's uh, mistakes can um, <laughs> can, can generate new ideas. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to go for special. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, one thinks of special friends, or whatever. But I think there's. Um, I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is specials, um, TV programs mm-hmm. um, uh, that usually around Christmas that uh, they do a special, mm-hmm. or they they come back for a series of specials. And with my own series, the Magnet Editor, I when we 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 tried to wrap it up about four times, and. I certainly, when we finished it in 79, I, Joe Bunsell's, I became friends with Joe Bunsell, my writing partner, and he had sufficient interest in it to make me reconsider. And I came back with two specials. Um, and then I thought, oh, something, we'll just, we'll just carry on. And, um, and with the, no, the specials, of course, the main specials I know, with Doctor Who ones, um, I, I've never really kind of. There are very few uh, Doctor Who actual specials that I'm. I like all that much because I kind of. I don't know. They 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 either try too hard with the Christmas thing or I. Yeah, there's been a few that uh, there's been a couple I've liked, but on on the whole, some series that I like may have a special Christmas episode, but like mostly Bergerac, the the series I like set in the Channel Islands. uh, they had Christmas episodes, but they were very rarely set at Christmas. They yeah. were just an excuse to have a longer episode. That's right. Um, yeah. uh, you didn't miss, or or or, or maybe 
uh, uh, you know, I suppose also sometimes it's it depends on how much earlier or whether you're doing a filming block, whether you're doing your Christmas special at the end of the end of a filming block, and it might only be it might be September sort of thing. I think um, particularly with the f- well, I mean, no, frankly, all the showrunners they they try too hard with the Christmas thing. They always try to make it snow, even if it's just fall out from a spaceship or something like that or um whereas i think they ought to do what say like you just said about bergerac you know mm-hmm. they, they, it would have been better if they'd just done a, a an extra length story and and not sort of because i inevitably they shoot them in the summer and there's yeah. one particular one the runaway bride where it's yeah, absolutely ridiculous on it's boiling hot and it there's no way it is remotely convincing as as um a lot of their Christmas, Christmas episodes have been done in studio with special effects to make it look... Um, although that, that, that's an example where they they did... I mean, maybe they learnt from... OK, if we're going to do Christmas episodes, we need to do it in a studio where we can, can control the, 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 the what the background is. I think with Bergerac, because largely it was done on location, they couldn't really hide. They had to kind of work with what... What the whenever it was they filmed those episodes, um, uh, you didn't really do stu- much in studio. Uh, no, it, 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 I, uh, uh, yeah, because of the, the the location. I think the most one of the most interesting specials I've ever seen is from about forty years ago with Grange Hill, mm. which for uh, uh, overseas viewers and uh, listeners. Uh, was a, um, a children's series about set in a school, a modern comprehensive, although well, they say modern, I uh, presume it was still modern when it left, when they finished it, but it ran for many, many years, and in the early days there was, um, I think it was about 1981, which was been about three years into it, um, they ran a competition, I think it was, was it Blue Peter or somebody ran a competition to write an episode, a special um, and the guy that won the competition and wrote the episode um, was in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it revolved around the school disco, and Tucker Jenkins, who was the main sort of lead in it, um, had to team up with his sort of school time enemy and kind of prevent these people from ruining the disco. Um, yeah, and it was actually a really good episode, yeah. My friend, uh, my friend Milo, and uh, a friend of comedy as well. He's been watching um, uh, Early Grange Hill on Bitbox recently. And I was quite impressed because when he mentioned it, I thought because he's he's younger than us, I thought oh he'd probably be watching episodes from the nineties. He said oh no, I've gone back to the beginning. And I said oh, he makes you quite proud because yeah. some, sometimes you know, I thought oh, I might look a bit dated, but uh, it's difficult to know. I mean we, we like that sort of thing, or we like seeing things. When we were well, before, we can almost remember, but some people are very much they're only they're only interested in like anything before they were born. Kind of effectively doesn't exist sometimes. Yeah, you get the feeling anyway. I, yeah, it's 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 really nice to hear. And, uh, there's a, a few Doctor Who fans I'm I'm online with, and much much younger than us, and um, they they love all eras, um, yeah. so, which is which is nice. Uh, but no specials they can be a, a bit of a mixed bag um, but the, you know if it's, a, if it's a comedy show and they're doing a special the Christmas special and yeah they're always quite fun but um, if they try too hard 
to do Christmas. I think it pro- that's, that's proper where where it falls down. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got another set. These ones are nouns. Um, uh, one of the see, see what you think of one of these um, words: uh, reputation, player, organization, historian, or bedroom. Ooh. Bedroom, I think, would be. There's too many saucy. <laughs> Not suitable for the um, family listening of this podcast. Um, I was, th- I was, the bedroom. I was thinking of, um, uh, like being at my parents. How my, even though I sleep in the room we're recording in, which used to be the spare bedroom, um, my own, the bedroom next door was my bedroom as a child. Although at some point I think Graham had it as well after I had gone to university. But there's still bookcases and things that have been on those shelves since when I did have that room. Mm. Um, Is there any reason why you don't sleep in there? Or? Well, partly the be- bed in that room was almost too hard. The bed in this room is almost too soft, so yeah. I feel like Goldilocks. <laughs> um, except I don't get the porridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know why. I don't really know why I end up in here. <laughs> but, uh, there's a there's a the desk in the other room is is full of bits and pieces, uh, whereas the desk in here I can actually use. It's because it's mm-hmm. mostly empty. But mm-hmm. uh, um, a um, historian just makes me think of the of the people I've known who have been very into history and my friend Robin who was in Sutton Park he did history at Oxford um, but then that leads me on to thinking of the times I did filming in Oxford mm. um, because of him so it's sort of like the word triggers it but then you kind of have got a couple more jumps on from yeah. um, <clears throat> cause, because he went to Magdalen College um, I don't in the first year he lived outside of the college but in the second and third year I think both years he had rooms in the in the college which were quite modern considering it was an old college but because um, we were inside the college we were able to record in gardens and things that were only really student gardens we were able to do a fight sequence at the top of the, the tower the modern um, college tower which only people who had the key i.e. only students and a bit in the same way as when I used to work at the college, I was able to get access to the park that only people who had the key um, could, could, could go to. So it's it's quite quite nice when, uh, um, of course, I, the other his, the other person I think of when I think of historian is is Lisa because uh, she is our resident Charlotte podcast historian. Uh, she she uh, knows a lot about about history although I don't think I really even realised she had that interest until no, more recently no I didn't I, I knew she <coughs> I went, she once took me around a, um, a, 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 a what was the the war when Sharp the, the series Sharp was it yeah the civil I, I'm, yeah, I'm not, no, not civil war I'm, I'm, not, sure, I'm not sure I can't remember what, what the war was now but um, yes, she took me around a whole museum about it mm-hmm. um, I, was, I, I am I have to say I am drawn to um, historian um, too because um, history is one of those things where um, it's it, it kind of eluded me because um, I, I wanted to be a, 
I quite fancy when I left school school I quite fancied the idea of being a TV archivist you know like in mm. the TV you know because of like in the sense of a librarian it, it, um, because I, I knew I, felt, I, I was excited about news and missing episodes and things like that um, but and I liked cataloguing things mm. but um, somebody said oh you need a degree for that and I thought oh no I can't be asked to get a degree um, but history history itself is um, kind I feel has cast me in the role of historian anyway because um, I love preserving old recordings of scanning things in you know kind of preserving it for the next generation which of course we do with Sutton Park and everything but also with old photographs for people not the least of which my own family um, is all on hard drive and you know it's sort of it's all accessible so I do feel that um, in not so much in worldwide history but instead of personal history people's personal history um, I've become a historian I failed history at school um, but I I, um, I, I, I feel that kind of history came back to, to claim me. I, I, um, one of the things I enjoyed, um, I did a project, uh, I can't remember if it was GCSE or A-level, but um, I was able to do a project about the occupation of the Channel Islands, but going back to Bergerac, but, uh -huh. uh, but although <laughs> that's fictional, whereas um, I don't know if... Uh, um, listeners outside of the UK realise quite how close the Germans got to occupying the UK in uh, the Second World War. Uh, I mean, the Channel Islands are, are in the Channel, so they were on their way across and they took out, they, they, they took out, they occupied the Channel Islands and uh, it was a, a, a number of miles from hitting the UK coast. Um, but I... I I was well. When you visit the Channel Islands, you see, particularly Guernsey. Guernsey didn't whitewash that history quite as much as Jersey did. Jersey knocked down a lot of what the Germans built on the island, um, but Guernsey, they're, they're, they, there's still a lot more fortifications along the coast. Mm. That, uh, and I was used to find that when we used to visit that, that quite fascinating to think mm. also how how close um, it, it all was. So I quite enjoyed doing that for a project at school uh, and um, I, I also when I was doing my library degree I did local studies which was was and again I had to do a project about some area so of course I chose Sutton Park and in Sutton Park well in Sutton Coalfield Library there was quite a lot of newspaper articles about things that had happened much more ephemeral things or smaller things like I don't know, sort of uh, displays of or events that occurred in Sutton Park over the years. So I sort of did a, um, I, I did a, a a project about that. But then I I was able to use the excuse to go into Sutton Park, do an episode of Sutton Park or more, and take photos. So the photos that were in my project were ones I took myself mm -hmm. in Sutton Park. The the only the only thing the only negative thing about that was that. Uh, I got like a, I got an okay mark. I got above average mark, but um, the person who was marking it, I really lost respect for because they they marked they put on there, see see another project that somebody else has done on Sutton Park, oh. and um, to sort of almost like to say, well, you know, the, yours yours 
yours was fine, but this this one. And I went and I looked at this project. This was a project that somebody had done. They'd left by this point, mm. and. I may, have, I may have told this story before, but the project was basically the Sutton Park guide that you could buy in the in the shop. Mm. And they had cut the pictures out of the guide mm. and the words that made the project were from the guide. And if you if you looked, you could see the words, because oh. you know, they cut the pictures out of the guide mm. and there were words perhaps on the back of those. But those words were the words that were in the project. Yeah. Um, and... It, it had clearly been done at the last minute, the bef- day before it was supposed to be end, and all I could think was that he must really have liked that student. Um, well, yeah, did you point it out to him? To, uh, no, <laughs> that wouldn't have been a very good... That, that wouldn't have... I did point it out to some of my colleagues on the course, uh, some of my fellow students, but I thought, how blind you have to be to see that this is a complete last-minute crib job? Um... Uh, and, and I, I only noticed it because I knew that I knew that guy. I knew the guy that that um, uh, that, that they cut it out of. Um, uh, but yeah, I was kind of gobsmacked that he, he couldn't have seen that. Um, um, and and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> bizarre. But no, um, the other thing was with history is uh, uh, family history. My, um, my mum was writing to one of her distant cousins called Gina, um, whose grand, great-grandfather was brothers with my grandfather, her father, um, mum's father, that is. Um, and she's very into family history, and so she's been uh, um, re- re- researching the, the Bates side, which is the, the, my mum's side of the family. So um, uh, we're sort of working together on that. But... Uh, yeah, even though she, she, it's kind of skipped a generation, even though I'm 50, 53, I'm 53 and she's sort of in her late 70s, um, it's, you know, we're, we're, I'm, a, I'm a sort of <laughs> generation higher than she's. Um, I've got some verbs now, five verbs. Uh-huh. Pick, pick any of these ones. Uh, transport, commission, pop, cancel or request. I mean, I will, I will, I mean, pop, as in pop music, um, obviously that's something I'm very interested in, I've, but then I don't really need to tell the listeners that because they've heard me talking, and, and, uh, and both of us talking to a certain extent, but um, I, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know where to start with that, you could do a whole, I could do a whole episode on how, how I got into pop music, but um, um, I could also think of pop as in fizzy pop, mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, I think this probably hasn't happened for a long time, but when you used to get fizzy pop in, in a bottle, um, sometimes it might come from the milkman. And when, when you used the, uh, if you returned the bottle, then you had like, I'm sure it, at one point it was 10p, but I'm sure it was less than that. But if you returned the bottle, you got, um, uh, uh, so they always paid you to, to help recycle it. Um, mm. Very ahead of its time, really. Yeah. We, we, we had that in um, our local shop. And, and as for transport, uh, the, the thing that came to mind was travelling on trains, but specifically how antiquated a lot of the trains were relatively recently, except that it's not relatively recently anymore, really. But between like the late 80s and 
early noughties, the the trains in in Surrey, um, or, or some of the, or you still get really old old looking trains, not steam trains, but and also services that have been cut because a lot of services, a lot of train services were cut back in the fifties. So that's before my time. A lot of you know there, there were footpaths around here and in other places where they were former um, train lines that have just been left to either either turned into footpaths or cycleways or just left to be grown over by by nature. But uh, um, but I can remember when I used to visit my um, my great aunt in Reading. I guess it was later than the late eighties. It was more like. 91 or something it's when, when I had my I had my video camera anyway just before the the, the Sutton Park days but there, there was a train that you could get direct from Salisbury to Reading and but it was a very it was which no, you can no longer do you have to change in Basingstoke but it was also a very weird train because it was um, like a, a, a carriage if you, you got on your carriage and you were stuck on that carriage there was no going for a loo break. There was no, you know, a friend gets on another carriage and you just walk through into it. You, once you were in that carriage, you were in that carriage. Mm. Um, and that actually worked in my favour because I remember as we left Basing, well, I was by myself, as I left Basingstoke, I realised that I was the only person in my carriage. So I was able to, I was recording something um, like a, a, a beat, it might have been a retaliator's play or something. Mm. Like, might have been earlier in '92, and I, I was able to sort of do panicking scenes or sort of like you know I'm trapped on this train, help, let me out, and that sort of thing. And I could bellow to my heart's content because there were no CCTV cameras, there were no other passengers. I had already made, um, and, and most of the things I've done have always very much been um, influenced by the, their locations, or, or or if I get a good location, then that's all oh, right. That's the that's that's part of what the story is going to be about. Um, so to have a tra- empty train carriage, where you know where you knew that you weren't going to interrupt it, was a very exciting for eighteen year old me or whatever uh, with my with my new video camera. Um, but then even where I live now, e- even in the early noughties, there were trains that stopped, which were very much like um, trains with a with with like the mail van. Mm. Um, uh, and if we got very busy, you used to pile into the because there was never any mail in the mail truck or the, the mail yeah. carrier. So sometimes when it was busy, you'd all end up standing in the, in there. But there was also first class in the old style with the like you see if you watch I don't know the Avengers or something, and they're on a train um, with with the corridor with the, door, the sliding doors. And I remember my friend George telling me that they uh, like I don't know how many carriages uh, how many compartments there were four or five but he'd say the one at the end that isn't first class so so I guess those ones the, the other ones are all first class but uh, um, if you if you go to the fourth carriage or whatever or the first the fourth mm. compartment then you're allowed to sit in it because it's not first class yeah. um, but uh, it's weird to think that uh, the trains were still in that old style for for a while for the first few years I was living into the into the twenty first century, very old style. Not every train, but it was like there were train because we have trains that come from Woking. They start in Woking, but we also have trains that come from Guildford. And they start in Guildford, um, 
Uh, and I can't remember which one. I guess it was maybe it was the Guildford ones that were these old, fashion, more old fashioned ones. So you might you get a very modern train. If you depending on what train you went for, you either get a very modern one or you get one of these much more old fashioned um, ones. Um, I suppose the commission. I'm, I'm kind of thinking um, in terms of um, going back to the writing days on Magnus Editor and Life after the two series I did. Um, well, I suppose Joe Bunsen and I would, and and later with yourself, would commission stories mm. and would commission ourselves for stories. More sort of so. Uh, obviously before Joe arrived I, I did all the stories myself but not in any great detail whereas when Joe arrived I, I was sort of obliged to sort of make detail and we used to allocate um, for certain slots um, of, the sto- of the seasons and if you weren't careful he would have commissioned a whole season to himself mm. uh, he had to you know he, he sort of once we got going we did um, sort of we were quite prolific but um, but yeah, we we would um, commission our, each other to do various things, and um, and I think we, I don't know, I, I, with with yourself, I mean, you kind of uh, when we did life after you did your own thing, kind of in terms of you know his his three stories, you can put them in whatever order that you like. Um, whereas I think we we used to sort of say if you do one here, I'll do one there. When he went to eventually went to Polytechnic, I kind of we kind of completely lost the the thread of that because mm-hmm. um, we didn't see each other quite so often, um, and all you know. And um, I with the films, I was very rarely com- commissioned. You know, I I sort of would just do them. Whereas I, there was a film, the one that hasn't been digitalized yet, called. Um, to Cry the Woman, which I was commissioned to do by Andy, um, our friend Andy Ching, because um, he was looking for a half-hour thing to direct. Um, so that was actually a commission. I'm quite, I'm quite pleased about that. <laughs> I don't get asked to do all that much these days. Um, and in fact, uh, Alan, my friend, our friend Alan, who, um, having done the books about Life After and the Magnus Editor, um, commissioned me to do two novelizations, so um, so that was that was nice. Um, a friend of mine does books and and commissions a, a professional artist. I think I don't know where where they're based. This professional artist, but they cost about three hundred quid. And I issue, yeah, it's all right. Um, I don't know what the going price is supposed to be, but um, I've never really kind of shelled out that way myself but yeah i have actually i have commissioned i have commissioned people to do artwork for my poetry books although largely when i decided i wanted some illustrations or photos i took the photos myself but i can't really draw i i can doodle and occasionally i put a doodle in but it, it was more okay i think i probably would have done more but it was more a case of how do i get that doodle from the page onto a digital file without you know i think what i did would just be I'd take a photo of it, and but it, um, I think I just, you know, didn't know my technology well enough to know how how I could do that or what or what I could do. Um, you might you probably scan it now, whereas back then I'm not sure um, that that was even an option. But uh, um, but I did commission a few people to do some people. Some people just did them for free, and some people I paid. People I met online. Um, like my my book funeral for a shoe 
there's five story. There were five stories about the the shoe the, the shoe that whose funeral it was, the adventures they'd had, and I got um, somebody to illustrate um, each of those pieces, and and but then they also did back covers of books, um, or or just uh, yeah, and some of the people I. I met one one person I did meet he lived in London um uh, and one person lived in America so I never actually met him but mm. uh, but I actually yeah I did I did pay the money to do the 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 artwork not necessarily with any hope or thought that I would get that money back from sales because uh it, uh, you know to a certain extent my books were my hobby as well so any for most hobbies you have to you you have to pay something you know if you're a fisherman yeah, you, you have to buy a fishing rod and you have to buy so sometimes yeah and i suppose also um before i alan commissioned me i commissioned out and did uh when i did the the life after the magnus editor and life after books i kind of because they were such a labor of love and it had gone on for so many years putting them together um i wanted a really really good cover and i'd been impressed with the covers he'd done for his um, com- his company, The Hidden Tiger, and I said to him, you know, it took me a long time to pluck up courage to do it because he, you know, it's a very, it's a very particular niche sort of um, thing. This this series that was years ago and was quite childish, um, and he liked it so much. You know, when he read the manuscript, he liked it so much that he he said, well, you know, I can publish this for you. And I said, yes, please, as well as doing the cover. So, um, and of course he's had heart surgery at the moment. So, so the book I, last book I wrote for him, I wrote two years ago in 2020. And I'm still, he's still sort of working on editing it at the moment. So. Um, I, I, I should probably tell, uh, I, 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 um, I can always cut this or, if, or yeah. it depends when, when it goes out. I was having worked with Martin. He, he offered to take our, if I send him the word file, of um, our book, oh, he, he, he'll have a look and see whether he can see any problem or, or any way around it. Or uh, I just need to make sure. Sh- I, I need to make mm. to find which is was the final version of the word file. What was the most yeah. the most complete version? Because um, woman for reasons. Yeah, yeah. I just just which is the because I did. Wouldn't mind doing a cover for it. Whilst he's at it. Because I was because I was. Um, um, he's just had a lot more luck. With his books on Lulu, but then I think that's because he's not coming from where he's not he's not necessarily coming from word files. He's because he does know what he needs to do with and and, and transferring his photos yeah. digitally. And he he probably uses a package which is just um, a lot more. I don't know. Uh, well, if if he does come up with a with a good, really good solution, it might be an idea to uh, let Alan know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He may, he may find what the problem. He may better suggest what the problem is, in a way that is understandable rather than what the actual site itself is. Uh, being rather unhelpful. <laughs> Aligning us with science. Yeah. But yeah, commissions are always nice. And um, as I say, I I was commissioned to do my play Cradle Snatcher, which I did twenty seven years ago with uh, um, where I met our friend Michelle and. Um, that was that was a good thing to do, and it's another one when it was the one at Play Festival, I almost got a commission to for um, a studio theatre, but unfortunately I, um, they they cancelled the one at Play Festival before it 
I was able to do one for them. Mm. Um, I've got uh, I've got another five words, um, and then after that, I've got an- another idea. But uh, but these these um, any of these ones ignore, ask, stake, cupboard, or race. Uh, I, I can think of little things to to say about about three or four or yeah. three or four of those. I mean, ignore. I I I, 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 I will keep my opinions to myself as far as um, certain aspects of married life goes. Um, I, uh, but as uh, you know, um, in terms of sort of getting a word in edgeways on <laughs> one's other half, not really taking it. Um, however, I think I'll go for cupboard. Um, cupboards, I like cupboards. They they contain lots of interesting stuff, and um, in particular, you know, say like for the, the some parks we've been finding what of own tapes we used to look for in cupboards. I, That's always been interesting. I was thinking of our cupboard just outside the door where the room was sitting. They used to have all my videotapes in. That's right. We used to we used to have a good old rummage in there, didn't we? You'd forget what you'd recorded or as time went on. You'd, mm. uh, oh, blimey, that's on tape. Even now, today, this afternoon, I've, I've, I've looked in your... Your coffee's on the stairs. I've got to answer the, the doorbell. OK, no worries. Um, um, and I found sort of tapes where I thought, ooh, have I got that? Um, you know, it'd be nice to have a, a copy of it, so... Um, also, I think, going back a little bit further, um, I used to like cupboards in terms of hiding and making dens. I used to love dens when I was a kid. Mm. And, um, and there was a cupboard, vaguely described as a cupboard, didn't really have a door, but just under the sink, just to, to one side of the sink, there was a kind of cavity more than a cupboard. I, I remember making that my den. Um, yeah. And I used to hide. I, I, the, our, we had a broom cupboard in the beaches. It was big enough to to, to hide in, because I do remember um, I used to hide in there when "How Deep Is Your Love" was in the charts, because <laughs> I used to it used to make me cry, and I used to hide away from it and sort of go. Blah, 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 I can't hear you. There's, there's a cupboard under the stairs in this house, which back in my day wasn't actually. It was a an alcove. It didn't have a door to it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I still used it as a as, as a camp. Yeah. Um, but it was always, sometimes it was a little bit um, unfortunate because that's where the cats also took <laughs> took their dead mice and things. Oh, sometimes you go there and think, oh, what's that thing? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think they could do that now because yeah, there's a door to it. There, so. I'll just pause. Yeah. yeah. It's me, Cuthbert. We're going to have a quick break now for 10 minutes or so, just to give the guys a break from chatting and so that they can fetch their coffee's exclamation. 
we were discussing Southern Park at the beginning of the show, and here we have the last of our clips from Spring 1998. There are plenty of other episodes to share from around this time, but we've been using quite a lot of material from this era of the show on the podcast of late, so next time we'll be jumping ahead a couple of hundred episodes to see what is going on later that same year. But anyway, for now we're in March 1998 for clips from episodes 2017 and 2018. After that we'll return to Paul and Nick for more random words. Enjoy the exclamation. Come in, stop. We head back to Libya. Yeah? Hmm? We head back. I want to know what you meant when you spoke. You said there's not enough power. You said the choices be made. I want to know what you meant. How does this mean? It's choices. Choices, Mummy, can't you see? The cure is taking longer to, to define than I thought. The thing is, the power is limited. There are four bodies that are being preserved. Comities, Helena, Clowers, and inspector, the inspectors. Well, I do not think there is enough power to run all four. So, one of them have to go, like the vampire, Clara, she go. Yes, well, that 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 is, that is all very well. Except that what is that is what has happened to Comity recently may have changed everything. Don't you understand? All this exposure. All this sudden awakening from the, uh, the, the the suspended animation may have damaged him. Don't you understand? Comedy may be damaged beyond repair. We put him back there now, but whether it's worth continuing the cure, whether he's worth saving, whether we should not just isolate and specify on the inspector, for instance. I'm sorry. I'm afraid Cromarty is probably long past saving. I'm afraid. I'm afraid it's too late. So, it would appear that Cromarty's future is in danger. As a result of the fight that Gongar's Ramesses had there initially. Yes. Well, it would seem that a number of characters now long, no longer have a future. Yes, my plans for the series, the new Sutton Park, would not involve comedy, and neither John, who is currently searching for a house along with Paul and Callum. Poor John, I have already begun the beginning of the end for him. A slight illness, incurable, a slight cough that will develop into far more. Alas, poor John. <coughs> you coming, John? Oh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah, just coming. Alas, poor John.
come on, John. You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alas, poor John. Alas. Yes. Well, the future of Sutton Park does not include John. I am afraid it is time for him to, to depart. Oh, yes. The critical illness will soon set itself upon him. This is just the beginning. But, like comedy, his days are numbered. Oh, yes. Alas, poor John. then I better come with you I better come oh dear <sighs> so mummy I mean uh, what can I say other than bad news the future for comedy looks very dim but it's not up to me to make the decision I'm gonna have to face Paul tell him a choice is gonna have to be made we can't run all four terminals anymore and the cure is just not ready. She's gonna to have to make a choice. <sighs> as far as I'm concerned, although I hate to say it, Coverty may well be damaged beyond repair. It may not even be worth saving him. That terrible bad news. Not so good, not good. I, I wonder what... Just a minute. Look, can you see them over there? Gorgon Goth and Ramesses. They mad. They follow the spirit. Zanzibar. Oh look over there. Zanzibar. Nah. You were telling me about this. The Bargarth got involved? Some sort of cult to do with the puppets. Sounds very dodgy to me. Very dodgy indeed. Ah. So what are we going to do? Just a minute. going to the woods or you said the garden wait <laughs> Jay and uh, uh, Owen and Hampton oh this bad going out Ramesses they tried to convert Owen and Jay the other day oh my goodness it does sound like they've gone totally loopy <laughs> they got muddled up into some really strange occult if not safe not safe for them to be out, but not with Gorgon got around. Not with them there. Not safe. Then something's got to be done, hasn't it? Something's got to be done to stop them. Before it all gets out of hand.
I think of ignore. I think of the, the way that uh, we communicate with each other. Um, I think it feels a lot more personal. In, 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 in the you know, in the past, if you wrote to somebody, you might not you might not hear from them. You wouldn't expect to hear from them for for days. But but now these days, you can sort of fixate on. Well, that, I've just sent that person a message. Well, I can see they're online because their lights, the lights up, the, 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 and they haven't replied. It's only a quick question. Why couldn't they reply? And it can, get, you know, it can get sort of in a way you'd never, yeah. or you just ring people. People don't. I don't know. Maybe people do ring their friends. But when I've read my 1990 diary, I see how how many people I used to talk to on the phone all the time, and 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 now it, it's sometimes you feel ignored in a way you never used to feel ignored. I, um... Um, because because you can see that people have been <laughs> talking to other people you can see that you can you know depending mm. uh, it's, it's very easy to kind of if you're not in the right if you're not in the right frame of mind to take to take it the wrong way um, or take it as an offense absolutely i've 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 i i'm not i'm not a big look at me person but i i do i do i, I quite agree I, I i find you know when you think oh they've been they've liked that bit why haven't you liked mine in fact, I, we we ran into a spot of bother actually because um, this week because I put something nice up about because I've been living with Ali for twenty years and um, I put pictures and everything and and she and everybody was very nice and sort of liked it and loved it and everything and she just ignored it and didn't comment didn't didn't even look at it and uh, was putting up all these things about um, uh, people's you know the sort of uh, um, you know, actors' birthdays and things like that, and all the usual gubbins she puts. And I thought, well, why do why, why bother? I actually took it down in the end. I thought, well, if, I, if, if what's the, what's the point of my if the, the very person it's sort of kind of promoting that can't even be can't be having the common decency to actually look at it. But then sometimes Facebook, when it's Facebook, Facebook high, you know, you get to see some people's post far often than you than, than you do and it could be really weird you have it or suddenly three days yeah. later you see a post you think well why did I see that at the, at the time unless you yeah. actually go to each other's also, pages also when I I came you know I, I frequently get, have crises of confidences on um, Facebook and I thought well you know no, nobody really uh, not enough people really bother uh, you know apart from my usual you know yourself and you know so and you know what I, I, I you know I, I just don't feel in a good place here and I so I came off last Lent mm. I went so I've been back since last Easter and um, I suppose that you know with, with the sort of upset with with that I, I, I felt a bit wobbly and I think it also sometimes I've heard people say oh, how, how they mute people they mute people I can understand muting people if they're always talking about politics I mean I don't want to get into that because that could that's yeah. a whole issue in itself and and, and, uh, and quite upset upsetting but it's more like I heard somebody say like oh they they delete they've deleted people they've deleted people just because they've posted what what their score was in Word all today or yeah. something yeah. Yeah. just ignore it why, yeah. why be why be you know and, yeah. or, or people muting some of their friends pages just because they post too much or but I had a oh, radical yeah. rethink when I went back to Facebook and said there are certain people some of which I 
care about that I just do not contribute whatsoever and 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 I might as well not be there and and they, I post that things that I I think you know they they, they should at least go ooh and and so I I've I, you know I haven't I haven't gone back to them even though you know at one point we would post um, I mean if they they were to send me a friend's request I'd probably accept it but um, I just feel that in all honesty they're not they're not interested in my life anymore um, and you know I, I suppose you know I find that very disappointing but it, at the same time it's uh, I suppose it's inevitable really well, um, I mean even in, in podcasting it's one of those things you hear a lot of podcasters saying that they don't really get feedback some some shows do and some shows don't get much feedback mm. and um, I, I would say with 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 this show but most of the people who give me the most feedback have then ended up being recruited onto the show yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> because there's it's um but it, it, you do occasionally get surprised people who don't um who don't usually comment who do and it, it, it make i can t- tell you it makes a podcaster's day for a listener to say oh they really enjoyed that or um but uh, the other thing is when you when you have stuff up on youtube um and you get something that gets thousands of likes and at the same you know and it's some kitten playing this messing around with a cotton reel or something and um, and you 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 put up your own creative work and you get loads of you get views but you don't get likes you know i thought well you know is are people mm. really that indifferent or they just don't bother liking it or i worry for people whose social media um success is only based on their looks because the chances are, you need to work on your personality as well because there's some people out there who unfortunately it's just they've got their latest shirtless picture or they whatever um you think well 20 years down the line you're probably unless you're lucky <laughs> you're probably not going to be doing that and and people aren't and that's going to probably hurt so uh, that's right um, you, you need to kind of you need to be more than a pretty face yeah. <laughs> twitter um, I've, I've kind of i, I felt very ignored uh, when I when I first came on Twitter, mainly because you know, again, not even my other half would um, used to communicate. Um, I've persevered. I've been on back on Twitter nearly a year now, mm. and I don't really look at it as much as Facebook. But I do hop on and like things and read Twitter and and the the, the other thing is Joe, my old writing partner, is on that, but not Facebook. So I do have a sort of line of communication there, um, which I didn't before. I mean, I mean, whole world of friendships kind of changed for me. Some of my closest friends I've never actually met. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I've met, I've, or I've met them online. I've met them on Zoom, or I've met them. You know, um, I was talking to another friend. How many? How much recording uh, uh, I've done with with Martin Holmes, or doing different shows, and yet we still haven't got around to meeting, partly yeah. because of the pandemic. Yeah. And, and people, and I think. Um, people I know who are listeners have been shocked when I've I've said that we've never met because mm. presumably we have a good rapport uh, on the various shows we've all done together with him uh, and uh, but but and equally so you know obviously I've never met Toppy in person I've never met Jay in person um, I mean it's a weird sort of it's a, a weird sort of world where I knew Toppy and Jay from podcasts and particularly Toppy I, I listened to the Smellcast and I thought this is somebody I really need to kind of collaborate with, or or yeah. he reminds me of somebody I would have had in Sutton Park, and I and I kind of 
sort of ch- chased him down and kind of, kind of look at me, look at me, hello, yeah. we need to be friends. And, mm. and um, you get people like that, don't you? you but I remember, I, but we're a bit like that with Elaine. Yeah. Um, she, she uh, first, but I think she was a friend of a friend, and and she put some of her creative stuff on mm. on a, on a yes. Doctor Who tape, the end of a Doctor Who tape. And I think all three of us, you, me, and Keith, kind of more. Ooh, actually, this this is someone we need to be. Um, attached to, you know, uh, she she's a lot of fun. And, and and with with Jay, I'd always liked when he'd been on on Lotsal, uh, I'd always liked his voice because obviously you don't even I didn't even see what people would look like, but I, I I was liked his voice. His voice was really good on that show, and I liked his personality. Mm. Um, but uh, I didn't necessarily know how to introduce myself, <laughs> and and then I found out that he. And then he sort of left Lotson as well for a while, and then he came back. But yeah. somewhere along the the way, I, I started my show and discovered that he'd been listening to my show. He knew it's it was kind of like, oh, yeah. well, I know who you are. You know who it, I am. It's sometimes a long game, isn't it? Yeah. Because um, Alan with Alan, um, mm. I knew Alan Hayes. I knew of him sixteen years before we became friends. I mean, he I bought his tape, Doctor Who tape scene, Sonic Waves, um, back in 80, early eighty five. And I became aware of him, and, and um, I, I handed it to Keith in this school, you know, the play, play, break time at school, and he became very interested in it, and and he he knew of Alan, so uh, you know, I think he he met Alan probably before I did because he he met him at a convention or something, but um, I didn't meet Alan until there was a, a revival of Sonic Waves because um, you know they, they put the the feelers out, and there was a lot of interest, and um, we recorded. 21 years ago we recorded a a thing a video which i I don't seem to have anymore unfortunately but um it was about you know sort of talking about um sonic waves and how it became and i i took part and so did troby and keith and um the next thing i know i get a telephone call i I think i wrote to alan and say you know this is what we've done and I got a telephone call from Alan, and 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 we never looked back. You know, we've we've been friends ever since. I mean, you know, his wife. Well, I remember when I first met him with you, with you, uh, in that one meeting. I discovered that he liked the Avengers. He yeah. liked Dark Shadows, and at that point, not that many people liked Dark Shadows, yeah. quite to the level that that uh, uh, that he did, or I or actually yeah. owned the sets like I did, and he and he, and I was kind of I was kind of like oh. I, wow, I don't, who's this person? I, yeah. I, well, I know who this person is, but I didn't know this person liked all these things. But I mean, um, you know, it was, it was. I suppose there was a. It wasn't like befriending a celebrity, but it, you know, it, it was, it, it was, it was quite a big deal for me when when we became well, personal friends. Well, that's what happened. When we were talking about this earlier with my uh, my, uh, my friend Lee, um, who was in Sutton Park. Uh, he was one of the few people who. I actually, when it, when he was getting into Sutton Park and taking part in it, uh, he was one of the few people where I would send him a tape. As as I edited it, I would send him an edited tape, so he would be, he would actually be watching every single episode um, as they were, uh, you know. But he was a few years behind. Um, but he felt he knew Trovi or Elaine or yeah. or Neil or before he'd even met you all exactly and, and, and i remember when he met elaine she didn't really know who he was and and i think he thought that she i guess he thought maybe that she was watching all the episodes like he was yeah. but actually that was a, a rarer thing troby mm. definitely uh, got to the stage where he was having tapes but it wasn't everybody who watched every episode um i think from, I, I i 
I think with the edited episodes, I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I've got a feeling between us, Ali and Ali and I did a lot of the the edi- the edited ones. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, um, and, and, uh, yeah, so so I remember years ago, like in the noughties, I went to a fr- this is this is to do with the Shy Yeti nickname. I remember going to see a, a play with a, of, a, of a mutual friend. Uh, well, not a mutual friend. Uh, this, I met this, this guy who was at... I went to see a friend who was in a play, and in the interval, this guy came up to me who also knew my friend, and, that was, and it was his friend. Uh, I'm not telling this very well. But he said to me, oh, you're that shy Yeti guy. He didn't remember, He didn't know what my... Yeah. He, he knew... He knew he'd seen my picture yeah. uh, and seen somewhere and seen that, but he couldn't remember that my name was Paul. But and it was the, about the only time I think anyone's ever kind of. Uh, I, I I did feel sort of slightly not famous, but slightly sort of. It was funny that the nickname had transcended the fact that pe- people knew it beyond. Mm. Originally, it was just a, a, a an I um, a pen name I used on on a Doctor Who. It, internet forum and like an early forum yeah um but then it kind of entered into my creative life and uh, became a a name that i performed under or or uh, it also became there are lots of different versions of shayeti uh the fictional versions of shayeti in math of commons books yeah. and uh, it became a, a whole thing um, e- equally when I, when I played professor bosch in um alan the pussycat went to see it there would be players um it was one of the girls that <laughs> played, there was these little birds, these small kids that came on as little birds. Um, and um, she came up to me in W.H. Smith and said, hello, Professor. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. A few years later, we, we, were, we were playing, <coughs> believe it or not, we were playing lovers. <laughs> it's a weird world acting. The other, the only other, there's two words in that list I'm just going to mention briefly steak i was just saying to my mum today obviously i like pies i used to i used to like a steak and kidney pie or steak and kidney pudding but uh, i was saying to my mum do you think you could even buy i'm sure you can from somewhere but can you even buy a steak and kidney pudding anymore or steak and kidney pie because because sort of things like kidney and liver which i was brought up on they're not very popular these days i don't suppose marks and spencer necessarily does the a steak and kidney pie they, they probably do a steak and mushroom pie i think mushroom or 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 steak and vegetable pie i think i think those sort of replaced the kidney because probably people didn't like kid, kidney i i i, I uh, tell you what we we have um we have the Frey bentos steak and kidney pies mm. which are still knocking around mm. um we we still have some of those as a sort of um fit a meal but steak, what I, I have to say, steak is not something that really appeals to me because um, ev- I mean, I'm, my teeth, you know, mm. I have a few less teeth than I used to, and I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to cope with the steak now. But um, with even back in the day, I, f- I always found steak a bit a bit tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and ask, this is a, a tenuous one, but when I think of the word ask, I think of the song by the Smiths called Ask. Um, and then I think of another, I jump off again and I think of um, going to 1996 with my friend Darren. Now Darren, um, he when I came back to Birmingham to do a six-month job between late 95 and 96, mm. 
he lived in the room that my friend Kerry had had. But of course, Kerry, you know, we both left university and it's just that then I had a job and I ended up going back to my same digs. And I, I went back to my same little room at the top of the house. Um, and, it, and it was weird to find somebody else living in Kerry's ha- um, room. Yeah. And that was Darren. And, and he was only there for about three of the months. He moved out around the new year and um, we stayed friends. In fact, we used to, I think after he'd left the house, um, we used to meet up once a week for booze up on a on a Wednesday night. Yeah. And back in those days where I could go out for quite a few drinks and still get up for work the next morning in the middle of the week. And, um, uh, and also, Darren, I'm still, still in touch with him to this day, but uh, um, I... I, I I I went to I went to his wedding. It was very nice, in the middle of the countryside, and there was no there was all candles. And when it got dark, it got it, it, the whole place was. I think it was very. I don't know quite what style you say it would, but but it was all mm. there was no electric lights, and and it was all sort of very, uh, very sort of rustic. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, and also funnily enough, I, I think of Darren because. Uh, yeah, well, he was a big fan of of the Smiths and that sort of music. Uh, and goth and all that thought sort of thing, and um, um, yeah, when I had when I had my graduation, my graduation at university, it fitted in quite nicely because it fell into that six months. It wasn't. Uh, I think the misconception would be that when you graduated, you'd have your graduation ceremony quite soon after. But actually, I, I graduate. I, I got my marks in the summer of '95 and didn't actually have my graduation until the spring of '96, and. Um, course by that stage even though I was living in Birmingham I, I wasn't quite as au fait with who was still in Birmingham and I didn't have mo. although I was saying I used to make a lot more phone calls perhaps I didn't have phone numbers for a lot of mm. a, a lot of of, of of university friends because I did have one or two lasting friends from university but I, I we were quite we were quite a small group and uh, we sort of disintegrated a bit because people um, fell off the course and things and um, but so actually on my graduation um, the day of my graduation um, Darren had his housewarming party and I got so uh, I got to go to a party on my graduation but it was nothing to do with my graduation it was <laughs> to do with the house but it was still nice to have a to, to have a party to go to because I wasn't somebody who got invited invited to parties very often um, no I, but, I didn't until I was about 18 and I started I had a party, then Matt, my friend Matt invited me to his party, and then his, her friend Philomena, uh, his friend Philomena, um, in, in, invited me to her party, and I thought, oh, this is good, you know. And um, yeah, it was suddenly, by 87, I, I was going to quite a few parties, much to my delight. Um, and, and, and anyway, uh, I remember, I always remember Darren saying, because when I got into the, the Smiths, I appreciated. So, I, I mean, I, I'm not that happy. I'm not happy with Morrissey as a person these days, so I don't listen to them as as much. But uh, but when I was getting into them back then, um, the, the the lyrics tickled me, and I I found it sort of a almost like a black comedy. A lot of the songs were quite black comedy, and I remember Darren saying, "You shouldn't be getting into the Smiths. You're not un, you're not depressed. Why are you not, why are you listening to this?" And I I would say, "I don't find the Smiths depressing. I don't." Um, and I think, I mean, ha- I think Harry, he's not, he, he his interest in music is quite 
limited to certain groups, Shakespeare's sister being the main one mm. from the early 90s, well, late 80s, early 90s. And um, um, I think but at some point he did listen to some Morrissey and some, uh, and some Smith back before he got a bit controversial. Um, and um, I think he said the same thing. He didn't find it depressing. He found it, found the lyrics playful or, mm. or sort of funny or, or, or pithy mm. or, or dark-humoured and... Um, yeah, but I do always remember Darren telling me off being into the Smiths. I needed to be <laughs> depressed as well. I couldn't just go, like... If you like it, if I, you like I, something, if you yeah, like something, you, know, you don't need, you, you don't he, need a reason. For I guess he probably, he probably was into them at the time, and whereas this was in the yeah. ten years down the line, uh, and uh, mm. I wasn't having a... I, it wasn't my... I mean, a lot of those, a lot of people, it becomes like with goth and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's almost like a lifestyle, mm. and it's an image as well that you listen to it, but you also dress like that. And and I can I can see, but just that wasn't my experience. Mm. Um, I just came to them as I thought. Oh, well, I haven't been listening to the Smiths. So I ought to listen to the Smiths mm. um, as a sort of somebody who's interested. Like a bit, I'm a, I'm a, I'm quite magpie like with my uh, <laughs> with my music interests. I'm kind of like, oh, I ought to try some an album by that person. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, I want to do something to finish with, but we'll probably do that. We'll do one more lot of words, then we'll say goodbye, and then there's something I want to do um, that's slightly different, just to finish off. Um, okay, um, we've got just three words. We've got tube, tourist, or hill. Mm. I can think of something for I can think of something for all three of those, but they may not be long anecdotes. They might. Be yeah, I mean, uh, the hill. I think of there's, there's several. I've known several hills in my lifetime. Mm. Um, Harnham Hill, of course, that was just behind me when we li- oh, and I lived in Cam Road in Harnham, and um, that was always good for a walk. Especially on a, when I was a kid, we used to go walking around there on New Year's Day, and we used to do cross country runs up there mm. in all weathers uh, when I was about ten, um, and um, it was later much later you well later later it was about 10 years later it was used for locations for our early films there was a, there was a Blake 7 parody which we did up there along with the chalk pit and, and we also did um, Sutton Park Prison in the Sun and, Sutton, and Sutton, and Sutton Park, Park in general yeah. Sutton Park uh, <coughs> it was the go-to location from your house if we wanted to go and do something but it was only five minutes walk away exactly so. yeah it was very very convenient and uh, we um, we met many good things were done there later still it was the site of um, after I got married it was the site of the um, a plaque for the um, workers memorial um, place because because Ali was into the, is into the TUC and um, they one of her TUC colleagues um, planted a plant there. I've got a video of it somewhere which is good just as well because a lot of the people in it have gone now but um, and there's a lovely shot of my mum and Ali's mum talking um, but yeah I mean, that was, I, I, unfortunately I vandals dug it up um, um, heart, uh, um, in the short pit I had to stick a mic a microwave? I had to stick, microwave down. I had to, no, I had to stick a, a microphone up, up Warren's trousers. I think you would have known a microwave down yes. his trousers. I don't know how, how many of us had microwaves in early 90s. I don't think you needed one. That, if I remember rightly, it was a baking hot day. Yeah. Um, um, but that was when we were doing another Doctor Who, a Doctor Who spoof. Um, 
and I had learned lots of lines. But I was also, and as well as, be, as well as being an actor, I was having to help with microphones. I would have done, I'd loved to have done more for that one, but um, fortunately, I, I had to work. Um, Got a visitor. Yes. Peeking through the window. Uh, a cat that was in the room earlier in the recording is now out of the room. You can't come he's in that way. To, he's trying to break in from yeah. the outside. Too I late. Mean, you, you've had to charge. You should have been on. You should have stayed here. We're like upstairs. We're like upstairs as well. <laughs> How did she get up there? Uh, from yeah. the balcony in my oh, study. Of course, of course. But, uh, but anyway, um, yes. Yeah, so I, I do remember that. Uh, Hilled, yes, Harmon Hill. Harmon Hill also with the chalk pit was used for other films, To Cry the Woman and See You Never, which were later films of mine that were done up there. Um, and Andrew Candish, one of our friends who directed things, always had a, a want to do a film up there. And I don't think we ever got round to it. I, you know, we did parts of film, we did ways, you, he was in Wogan's as well. But uh, Hills also, um, Roundway Hill, which I went <laughs> up in 1980 with the junior school when I went to Brayside, which was like a an overnight stay weekend thing for kids mm. uh, with the school, which was it. It was my first day, my first time ever staying away from home. Um, these um, days, you know, you get that experience. We, when uh, you we, did, <laughs> we did something like that. We went to the Brecon Beacons. That's definitely Hills um, in Wales, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, that was the last my last week of primary school. Well, yeah. the Monday to the Friday, Monday to the, yeah. the Monday to the Thursday of my last week ever of primary school, yeah. and uh, that was quite. Uh, um, uh, that was I, liked it. I, I don't think I was actually all that well on the Saturday night. I remember uh, feeling a bit fluey and um, t um, tucked up in bed at Roundway with a Doctor Who book. That uh, trip to Brecon Beacons was. Well, I think I talked to. Him about briefly about like it was the first time that people had been away from home and everyone was trying to call their mum and uh, the headmistress decided that people were thinking too much about home and ringing and uh, she sort of banned everyone using the phone and I was I was actually on the call when she was doing uh, so I got to speak to my mum but I knew that it was sort of it's a bit prisony, uh, 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 yeah. Phone calls but the, the, the one thing that was funny about that is, is it did bring it did sort of bring together a bit of my my love of Wales. And later when I did the Office Dyke Path with my friend Andrew Reed, um, that was a lot of heels as well. And um, but uh, I remember that we'd done some sort of walk, and at the end of the walk, we were playing around in this this stream that was um, and. Uh, and getting all wet and, and everything with our clothes on and everything and the headmistress kind of getting all sort of snooty about it but the person who ran the outward bound thing sort of said well you're under my jurisdiction now and um, and, and, and uh, I, I remember I think it was all done quite subtly but I think it, we became quite a, we aware, became aware that there was a bit of a tension between the head of the outward bound place and the the headmistress because yeah. she didn't necessarily have the authority as much as she would have yeah. liked to but uh. it was interesting experience though uh, and railway hill yes we, we um that i do remember as kind of persevering with the weather because it was very wet and very windy and uh and when we went back went back to the base as it were um they had um they, they, they all sat, there was a load of them sat around what, with the PE teacher watching the football and I thought mm. um, but 
No, it was it was a fun experience. I I, I was nervous about it because my first time away from home, but it was it was it was good. It, um, it, it, I, don't, I don't really I don't really feel like my parents' village is in a hilly area, but I can see hills up there. There are hills, yeah. uh, and that, that's uh, and there's a place called Clearbury, which uh, oh, I yeah. did. I, I filmed Sutton Park in a few times. Um, did a very um, a wet episode up there, which I've um, with, with Andrew, which um, has been on the show as I've been on the podcast. There's also the Miss Maze, which although once you're up there, you don't realize you, you don't feel like you're on a hill, but to get up there, you you go up a hill, and that's a very. Uh, we've talked about the Miss Maze as well. That's a very sort of um, there are lots of sort of ghosty type stories or people who, who experience things there. There's something very unsettling about that area, and it, and it goes back many many years. Um, it's the only one of the only places I've been to where I felt like I was being what maybe watched or being there was something about. Um, and uh, of course, we sometimes you and I would record at the hill in Laverstock. In I was going to mention Laverstock Hill. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I again uh, I was at school at the bottom of the hill at Highbury in the eighties, eighty to eighty five, and. Um, we used to do regular cross-country runs up the path mm. to the panda. There's a, there's a, 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 a the, on the face on the mm. peak of the hill. There's um, somebody just like hippies um, carved a panda face uh, in, in I think it was seventy, mm. um, and it's yeah. still you can just about still it's faded very much with time. And yeah. um, my music teacher, who was a bit of a writer as well wrote a, a musical called Pandagram, which mm -hmm. was uh, based on the panda as a sort of mystical, powery kind of thing. And uh, it was really quite rather good. Uh, you, you, the thing is, as you come into Salisbury on the train, you used to get, a, you got the right perspective, you were far enough away from yeah. it to appreciate it. So um, it, I think I was talking to my mum the other day and she, I had to sort of say to her, no, you can't really see it anymore because cause I suppose if she's ever gone past it, it's been in the car and you're much closer to, yeah. to it and it's probably hard to see it before, but from go, going past on the train, uh, I haven't been aware of it for a long time. But I th um, You can just about make out a certain mark on it. Yeah. But, but no, long after school, we, um, what, I, I, you and I had done some Sutton Park there. And I think um, Ali and I went up there first at the end uh, during the first lockdown mm. when we, went, we just went for a walk it was one of those locations again that um i sort of if i didn't if i didn't know it already i i i was certainly reminded of it when i had to do cross-country runs in the sixth form and things. Yeah. it was one of the, the the runs that was suggested um but uh, of course tube we've spent a lot of our lives on tube trains mm. um, particularly back in the i think of the days where when we were doing films and perhaps we were filming one end of the tube at Elaine's house and then we had to go perhaps we were sleeping over down in Lisa's That's house right. at the other end of the tube line. I um, feel guilty about that because I we did a film in 94 called An Evil Trophy which um, Andrew Candish didn't really know much about London back then. He's lived there for, many, for most of the rest of that time. And um, he, I said, well, you know, we've got Lisa's up for it and we've got some locations at Lisa's house and we've got Elaine's. And of course, I've been to Lisa's and I've been to Elaine's, but I've never done, I, I don't think I'd ever done the trip from one to the other. And of course, it took a lot longer than I was anticipating. Yeah. And, um, and I think, I don't think, um, I didn't factor it in, so therefore Andrew didn't factor it in. And it, it, 
I think we should have done. We, I think we did it between the two, you know, like the, about three days. But I, I, with hindsight, I should have pushed for all, all, all one weekend at Leeds, and all, all week one weekend at the lanes. And of course, a few years before, when I used to go out the lane, I used to. That was my first. That really was my first time in London solo, you know, because I, I don't before I met you. Um, I used to go up with um, my mum, and really, I, you know, my first 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 time in London without my mum was with you in nineteen ninety, and I think it was a nine, yeah, ninety, and by from ninety onwards. The pair of us were going up there regularly, and and we were if we weren't seeing friends, we were going to comic marts, or we were going to comic marts and seeing friends, and um, it was. It was like, yeah, I used to date somebody uh, who lived in Dagenham, and that's a little bit closer to London than where Lisa lived, but not much, only a couple yeah. of stops. But um, uh, in in their in their more snipey moments, they'd sometimes accuse me of staying at their house because it was close, it was better for work um, <laughs> and yet actually Charming. going from Dagenham to Victoria uh, on the tube takes almost as long as going mm. from my house to Waterloo or, my, or probably longer it's not a quick journey um, so actually uh, it might have been slightly cheaper but it certainly wasn't quicker even though you know, you're living. You're actually on the tube, and and, and my flat. You're not on the tube. But well, co- coincidentally, um, one of my exes now lives in Dagenham. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the tube. The tube became a very big part of um, our lives from ninety onwards. I think, and, and now, even now, you know, uh, Ali. I, I go to London quite often because Ali, were, um, Ali works uh, for the Actors Church there um she gets gigs you know not not every single week but uh she's up there quite regularly and uh we spent a few days up in london last a couple of weeks ago mm. um well she, well she had like three gigs on the trot mm. and um she so she she does the tube now and we've got oysters and um and as for tourists um i think we probably covered that in various episodes we've done where we've talked about holidays we've had yeah. together and we've been tourists together and separately obviously over the years but uh, you, you could do a whole episode on that if yeah, you have I mean, you, you're very good to go on holiday with because you you kind of want to do things beyond just looking at the sites you know I, I'm, I'm not a very good tourist I, I, I you know I've, I'm one of these people that can go away for a couple of days and that's it you know I, I'm, after that I'm I'm homesick or I, I, I get yeah. I think I want to put my mark. I, I I want to put my mark on the place I'm visiting, as much as as I want it to put its mark on me. Uh, or I want to have a um, more than just a souvenir. I want to have an episode of the podcast or an episode of Southern Park or an episode of, yeah. of when I used to do my my poetry videos. Um, I did. Epi- I, I'm very glad I because uh, I think uh, probably of all the things I did overseas that were creative, the uh, uh, doing my poetry videos in lots of different locations uh, um, the, the, the sort of I got to show off the it was a nice that was a very good balance of of um, showing off the sites and doing something creative yeah I mean um, similarly um, when you and I went to Cambridge we um, we did the rivals the colonial story the rivals um, that was fun because I loved Cam- I love Cambridge to bits anyway, <coughs> and um, it was really nice to be able to do something in and around but, me. 
place. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's sort of ni nice to do something with, that's a holiday, but it's also a project. Um, usually, if you go somewhere, you know, if you were a proper a TV company, it wouldn't be a holiday. It would be a, you, you'd be doing your work, and then in the evening you might get a few hours in a pub or something. But yeah. but um, the way we did things, it was it it wasn't didn't have the pressure of it being. Mm. Um, you know, for something where we were being to, being paid to do it, we were doing yeah. it of our own choice. Yeah. Um, but unless unless there's some some really interesting stuff going on, I, I kind of I, I struggle a bit with holidays. I, um, I you know, with, well, I mean, Scotland's very nice, but uh, one has to be quite patient with the sort of the touristy bit. Uh, we go, we are actually for the first time since COVID, we go, we're going to Scotland this. To, this autumn for Ali's birthday. Mm. Um. Well, um, this is, I think that's about what we've got time for. We will have a couple of words right at the end. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, thanks, Nick. Uh, Pleasure. Um, as ever. I thought we, have, we haven't done one for almost a year. Well, so, there always, uh, you know, there's always good value for money because you don't know what yeah. is coming up. And, like, and, and all sorts of random stuff tumble out of one's head. Yeah, and uh, I like to be surprised. I like to not have better plan too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, anyway listeners join us again soon we've got plenty of episodes in the can and we'll have Nick back again very soon Yee. as well so uh, <laughs> make it sound like I've been away <laughs> yeah. um, I've been locked up yeah well I hope not um, <laughs> anyway yeah we'll be back after the theme music for a couple more words but other than that um, we'll say goodbye for now bye bye Do, I'll, get, I'll do three words because it might be a bit much to say but but you'll have uh, um, you can say your piece and then we'll do another one and I'll say my piece on that word so we won't, mm -hmm. we won't um, what I was thinking is um, I'm going to choose a letter of the alphabet mm -hmm. for you yeah. and then we'll get three words with that letter and then yeah. you can choose my letter of the alphabet and we'll see so um, I think I'm going to Ooh, what should I choose for you? I'm going to choose the letter, the letter G, uh -huh. and we'll see. Okay, uh, we've got for Nick. We have graphic, um, guitar, or glasses. Ooh, um, graphic guitar. Glasses. Have you ever played a guitar? I don't no, know. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't. I, I've never actually got or gotten around to um, playing a musical instrument. Not because I don't want to, but um, it's just I've never actually <laughs> learned it. But if I was to do two, as uh, two, two things, I'd, I'd like to, uh, one of the one is the piano, and the other is the guitar. Yeah, I, I think guitar. I know actually, I've never that, that right down, and I'd, I'd, I'd say guitar because it's really nice. 
the idea of sort of picking up a guitar and having a strum mm. uh, is really quite groovy. <laughs> groovy. Groovy. Back to, <laughs> back to groovy again. Um, yeah, I, I, as, as I say, I don't think... I think my brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, used to play the guitar because he had a guitar knocking around. Um, is there some... I think my... Does one of, one of my current brothers-in-law plays... The, I think my dad a guitar because he was very into sort of 60s bands and things. I think he might have a guitar. Um, but musically, I, I've kind of always... I, I like music, but I like listening to music. And I never really... I've sort of resisted any kind of attempts to um, learn a musical instrument. I don't know, I kind of... Maybe you'd have to... I, I think it's the baggage that goes with it, having to learn all the sort of notes mm. and things like that. And, and it's... It's I'm, the whole world that goes with it. Yeah, I think uh, I'm probably better with piano than I would be with guitar because, well, I have had more experience with piano than guitar, but I think I'd probably fumble around with my Yeti paws. I think I'd, <laughs> uh, I think it's easier to play the piano than it is to fiddle around with with strings. But uh, I, I certainly, you know, would have quite liked to have, have if it had been, if it, that experience had happened. But uh, My sister learned the trumpet. Um, and uh, you know, I, I do remember that she used to go to this place. I can't remember where it was, but it smelled of disinfectant and had long, dark corridors. And um, she she used to go there on a Saturday morning and learn the trumpet. I used to learn the cornet, which isn't a million miles away from being a trumpet. Yeah. But uh, uh, but I, I I got out of it because uh, it annoyed me because it used to it used to clash with. Um, Either repeats of Blake Seven, or <laughs> or when Doctor Who was on during the week, uh, when it was on twice a week, and uh, um, I, I, you know, back then we didn't have videos. If you missed something, you missed you missed it. Yeah. Um, Although I think you were saying, uh, were you saying that by uh, eighty three, you had yeah, I think we hired one, but I think that was more during the summer holidays. I think that was um, uh, uh, because. Uncle Roger was ill, and we had to cancel a summer holiday, so we hired a video um, as a bit of a novelty or something. So, um, yeah, but I mean that would have been. <coughs> I remember the real Roger Gannon. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember when he had his heart attack. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. Very quickly, because we need to swap over, and I can hear the theme music coming. Um, <laughs> uh, how long have you had glasses for? Glasses, uh, I have had glasses since 1981. Mm -hmm. uh, I was knocked down, and, well, they, they used to say in the playground, it wasn't the playground, it was by the ice cream man. Um, one moment I was buying a funny foot, funny feet, mm -hmm. and the next I was flying through the air, it was some fifth, careless 50 air had gone cannon into me, and I go, I'd taken a flying, and it was the most bizarre experience of my life. It's the only time I was, I've ever been knocked unconscious. Mm -hmm. And, you kind of were, the whole of reality suddenly turned into little sound, little bites, chunks of consciousness, and you kind of, oh, the whole world turned, it was a frightening experience. Mm -hmm. But um, a, a few, I have, I swear I had perfect eyesight before that. A few months after that, I, I began to notice that, well, first thing I noticed was Metal Mickey was blurry. <laughs> uh, I remember watching Metal Mickey and thinking, well, this doesn't quite, this isn't up to scratch and get my eyes tested and sure I didn't know I didn't wear glasses all the time back then it was just for schoolwork you know the blackboard and things like that and that was the way it was for quite a number of years um 
and I, th I think it was it, I noticed it, but I think between 89, 85 and 90 I started sort of wearing glasses more permanently because I noticed the deterioration when I was because there was a, about a five year gap uh, from the acting so I did I did Rod, Roger's pantomime uh, Cinderella in in 95 and I didn't really appear on stage again until 90 when I did the ARS at Studio Theatre and I remember taking my glasses off for the part and being noted struggling noticeably with my seeing where I'm going and in fact the woman there was a woman playing my wife and she she used to guide me around the stage <laughs> so I was I've, I've got so used to acting without my glasses on the stage now I, I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest you know I've done it I prefer to act without my glasses I had glasses at primary school but only for quite a brief period and I never wore them much as I should have done but it seemed yeah. to correct what the problem was I didn't wear glasses again really until after I had my blood pressure problems in the in the teens and then I think that might have slightly and I, even now I have a very small prescription I wear them more if my eyes get tired but yeah. uh, I, 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 I hope he doesn't mind me sharing it but um, Toby tells a story of how I mean, and it's incredible to think this was only in the late late 70s, early 80s for years he was considered to be um, uh, how to put it um, uh, well, basically, he had eye problems, and it wasn't that wasn't what they they just thought he was lazy or or, or stupid or whatever you want to say. Um, but he he couldn't read because he couldn't see the he couldn't see the words properly, mm. and he needed glasses really badly. From mm. but the, the the idea that that wouldn't have been picked up, um, and it would have been presumed mm. the wor the worst would have been presumed rather than thinking, oh, he probably has he probably has bad eyesight. Yeah, uh, it, it's just crazy to me. I just can't, I can't imagine how. Uh, how that could have happened, but then they were overseas. So yeah. whether um, uh, whether the forces, whoever whether it was that, that you got your eyes tested when you were in the forces, just weren't as up up on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but but you know, I also I, uh, until eighty six, I had the ghastly tortoiseshell glass, you know, sort of national health glasses, which was. Um, so since '86, I've had non-national health classes. Yeah, I mean, I've got used to it now. I, 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 um, I, I did. Cons about '99, I was, um, I, I tested out for contact lenses, but I just did, couldn't tolerate them in my eye. Mm, I I don't it, it didn't work. I, I remember Kerry at university having contact lenses, and then we'd go out for a drink or something, and he'd, he'd have to remember to take them out, otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the idea of touching your eye or mucking around with it or having you know having problems or getting stuff in no, um, I, I couldn't I just yeah. couldn't tolerate it I, I, I you know I, they even said you know I'll put it in and I couldn't even put it in my own eye let mm -hmm. alone somebody else fiddling around with my mm -hmm. eye so no I, it wasn't for me mm -hmm. um, I don't think no I, 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 I don't think contact lenses were for me I had a nice idea but um I, I just got so used to glasses anyway, so um, I don't think about it. I've got reading, uh, you know, I've got reading glasses and um, my normal glasses. And so, like, right now, um, I, if I'm podcasting, I'm just talking to you. I don't need to look at anything. Um, I just take them off and do it with them. And, uh, and, and you know, I don't, I, I kind of relax my eyes, rest my eyes a bit.
This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh dear, <laughs> what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Um, so choose me a letter and I'll see what words I get for my last three. Should we go for F? Ooh, we got uh, forum, forestry, or film. I think, um, well, other, other than talking about, like, the, the the chat forums from the early days of the internet where I met people and, and uh, you know, in, in, invented the shiety uh, um, sort of uh, nickname. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time in, in forests or, or in woods. I, I always uh, found wood, woods exciting, even going back to when we used to visit my grandma in... Um, sort of near High Wycombe because her garden backed on to this wood and, and um, I I was still sort of fascinated by woods. When we went to the New Forest recently um, we didn't actually get to go that much in the woods. Um, we were more on the plain where the sort of lake, where, where a pond was and, 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 and I'm, I still sort of, my eyes were sort of going over to, I wonder if, unfortunately the the bit of woods we were near were behind sort of fences, so we couldn't get into it. But I always gravitate towards woods, and there are woods across the river from from where from this village. And and you know, I was often going over there and making and making films. And um, yeah, I, I've talked to my mum about living in that because she lived in that house where my grand lived when she was a girl. And, and um, considering how fascinated. I was just visiting. I, I kind of like, so what was it like living in that? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think it was uh, uh, somewhere that she necessarily went, or certainly wasn't fascinated by in the same way as I, I am by woods. But uh, um, and and film. Well, you know what I like. You know I like film a lot, but because I talk about it on this show all the time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's more I can say. Um, although when I was a kid. We didn't go to the cinema that often. Uh, although, looking at my 1990 diary, I'm finding references to, oh, look, like my my mum and brother went to some films um, in 1990 that I didn't go to. Oh, but, I mean, almost by that point, I was probably going to the cinema by myself. But um, it was quite a rare occasion. I do remember staying at my aunt and uncle's in Cambridge uh, around... I think it was probably around the time my brother was born or maybe when he was ill after he was born and I, I was sort of sent off for a, a holiday with them and um, we, we went to see... I, I always feel like, because I don't know for sure, that it was before Return of the Jedi came out and then they showed a double bill of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and I was never the biggest Star Wars fan. I don't know up until that point whether I'd seen it and I certainly didn't see Star Wars at the time I was too young and and I don't know that I would have been interested enough in 1980 because I was interested in Doctor Who 
Um, but anyway, we went to this double bill. But unfortunately, um, my uncle, I think the arrangement was on the way home, My, my rather than take us to the cinema during one of the days that I was definitely going to be there the whole time, they took me and I had to come out halfway through because my uncle had to drive to the halfway point where my dad would pick yeah. me up and take me home. So uh, I think I got a little way into the Emperor Strikes Back and... Uh, uh, and then I had to kind of, you know, that, that embarrassing thing where you have to kind of shuffle out, shuffle yeah. out of, in front of people and stuff. But uh, um, and and, and uh, well, as far as films go, I, I, by contrast, when I look into my mum's debts, let's diaries, um, we were we seemed to be going to the cinema every week, or you know, there's certainly loads of times during the school holidays. Um, but what what's interesting is the films we were seeing. Uh, a lot of them were re-releases, you know, they, they were, they were um, Sword in the Stone, which was like 10 years earlier. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was, they weren't just showing contemporary films, you know, with Disney, they, they'd show um, ones that were, um, you know, sort of been out for years. But I certainly saw um, uh, uh, Let Die, was the first Bond I, I saw at the cinema, I was only about four. I think the Shayette is marvellous. Oh, such a gentleman. <laughs> you know what I'd really like to do is get some of that hair off him and then knit a sweater, a, 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 a Yeti hair sweater. <laughs> do you think he'd mind? I don't Five hundred six two. So, I'm being shot at by a Vardin. <laughs> I'll, I'll turn the sound down. Shut up. I can edit this bit out. Yeah. Um, 